Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win! They win! Don't you open your mouth about the best. Oh, yo, I'm going to send it for you real quick. L-O-B. Listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We're talking about practice. Lewis gets it to LeBron for three for the win. Yes! LeBron James at the buzzer! mindset when you stepped in the batter's box? Go yard. I mean, I'm a pitcher. Why not swing as hard as I can? I got nothing to lose. It's nothing to man above. Don't put you in situations that you can't handle. Instead of saying, why me? They're saying, this is what he want me to do. And, uh, Cleveland! This is for you! The way we approach the game is the same way we approach life. You do the right thing. You make the right play. Make the right play. And in life, it's the same thing. What do you feel in your heart is the right thing to do? And you do that. You know, it seems so simple, but sometimes the simplest things are the hardest things to do. And um, uh, I think it's just that. Welcome to what? The game. Me. To me. What's going on? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of What the Game Means to Me. I'm your host, Jelani Brown. We're missing Thad Bell today, but it's going to be all right. We've got, a, got someone in, a special guest that's going to be filling in, and uh, we're going to be talking all things uh, draft, all things Falcons, and I'm really, really excited to have him on today. Miles um, Garrett, sports reporter, not to be confused with you know Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns, um, but like I said, the one and only. How are you doing today, sir? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Pretty well, pretty well. Again, appreciate you for making time for this coming on. Um, I, I followed you not too long ago on Twitter, but saw you were a Falcons fan, and uh, you know, obviously agreed with a lot of your takes. So it definitely felt like I had to get you on the show. Um, being that the NFL draft is coming up, and you know, wanted to talk Falcons. A lot of, a lot of moving parts and and thoughts about what's going to happen at our number four pick. And I know we're going to get into it later. And, uh, definitely excited to hear what you what you think we should do with that uh, with that pick. Um, but. First things first, I always love to bring on my guests and ask them, of course, what the game means to them. I know you're a sports reporter. I have a Falcons fan, um, I think Atlanta fan, or Atlanta sports fans in general. Um, So just wanted to ask you, um, of course, what does the game mean to you? What does sports mean to you? Sure. So, you know, being a sports reporter, I sort of got into this field of playing sports in high school and everything. I I played football for a long time, sixth grade up junior year of high school, um, you know, like every kid grew up up in the South. I wanted to play college football, but, you know, (laughs) realized pretty quick that my body wasn't meant for that. I got too many concussions (laughs) and uh, wasn't allowed to keep playing. So I wanted to kind of Mm -hmm. stay in it. So figured I'd take on sports journalism, um, the broadcast side of things, obviously comes to Mm -hmm. journalism. That's sort of what I wanted to do. And sports is just something that's always, I'm I'm not sure where you're from, but uh, Mm -hmm. I'm from sort of, you know, that Atlanta metro area kind of thing. Yeah, we're probably from the same little area. Grand exactly, group in, yeah, so uh, yeah, Duluth High. Duluth, nice. Yeah, mm. I went to Milk, but uh, okay, yeah, Cambridge. Yeah. But uh, mm. yeah, as you're well aware just how important and how big sports football is in the big area. Time. So it's just sort of a big part of, of the culture, really. So uh, it's just something I wanted to stay a part of and uh, did that and stayed in as a sports reporter. And also, I mean, I think a big part of it is sports is the great unifier. And I think it's, that's something that's really important. It's sort of an underrated aspect. I think it brings people. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I didn't even realize. Yeah, you're not too far at all. You know, the street, like you just said, 
in the South, football is almost is everything, honestly. And uh, like you said, especially on the high school circuit, like I, I know even with the region I played in, they used to call it the the SEC of the South. I'm sure they yeah, probably said similar it. things about yeah. where because yeah, so we had Peachtree Ridge, Norcross, oh, yeah. um, Collins yeah, Hill, yeah. Mill Creek, Stopping Grounds. Yeah, I will say every, Lorenzo <laughs> Carter, bunch of kids, oh, yeah. you know, that came out. Uh, you know, Norcross, they just breed them on, on both both sides of football and basketball. So yeah, we always surrounded by talent was never really the top of the you know cream of the crop top. But you know, like you said, just just the football here is just different. Um, but yeah, also, is. like you just said, sports just in general is just a unifier. So that's the number one thing that we always love to keep in mind. But um, also with that, you know, I kind of also want to ask, you know, maybe any idols that you may have, sport that you maybe favor a little bit more. I know you said, you know, you played football. Unfortunately, concussions took you out of the game. Um, but just any idols growing up, especially in the Atlanta area, you know, we got a lot of figures and everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I grew up just a big Atlanta sports fan. I mean, my top two were definitely the Falcons and Braves. Um, mm -hmm. Those two. I was a big Georgia Tech fan. Believe it or not. Oh wow! Um, so, so my first two, my, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, my, my first two idols I can remember distinctly. Number one was Javi Lopez. He was the catcher for the Braves back in the, the dynasty years, mm -hmm. and Calvin Johnson. Huge Calvin Johnson fan. That's yep. like my dude back in the day. Megatron. Done, done some volunteering for his foundation. He's a really good guy. And, you know, so. Um, Big fan of that, uh, you know, sort of always was ingrained in that. I wanted to go to Georgia Tech, but wasn't smart enough. So, you know, <laughs> I think we uh, had, a, had a lot of heroes in the game of that, you know, obviously, mm -hmm. Jones, all, all the big heroes, all the, the big ones, Freddie for all those yeah. guys, Matt Ryan, everybody. Of course, of course. Yeah, that's. I'm, I'm glad you're also not a, a UGA fan for some reason. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Gator. I'm a Florida fan. Oh, you're a Gator. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, was I, like, I, I almost know if that's... went there. I loved it. Oh really? Yeah, I, I wish yeah. I would say games. It just it just looks fun. Like, and overall, I, I, my dream is of course to go to you know Jacksonville. Hopefully one of these days, Georgia Florida games. Those always look wild. But oh, yeah, I, I just could never get get into rooting for UJ either. I, I don't know what it is about it. Um, I, I became a Gator fan. Uh, the the national championship, Chris League days. I think it was well. Oh five, yeah, right six. before Tebow. It's, yep. Right before Tebow. So I got in right before I guess all the hype. Um, for people could call me a hype fan, but yeah, that's yeah. that's been my squad, um, you know, since day one. But yeah, Calvin Johnson's always been the mega figure, um, Megatron. So I remember seeing a few games at Georgia Tech when he was there as well. But of course, like you just said, always have we always have you know prominent sports figures. Just one of these days, one of these teams, hopefully soon, maybe the Braves, maybe um, it's Falcons this upcoming year, maybe even the the Hawks. They can surprise us yeah. if they can stay at fifth or fourth. Yeah, to to eventually get us over the hump and get us in the championship. Get one superstar away. One superstar yeah. away. Yeah, I would say we won't talk about the, you know, 16 on here. I know a few of my off-the-ball <laughs> people probably won't want me to mention that, but I, I try to keep that on the back burner. That's good. Um, That's good. <laughs> exactly, yeah. But shifting gears a little bit, of course, I wanted to talk, like I said, Roger, we want to talk about our Falcons um, and just the NFL draft in general. I know it's on Thursday. It's been a lot of talk, a lot of, um, just news in general about maybe what we do at four, um, yeah. if we trade it, if we get Kyle Pitts, whatever the case may be. But before we get into all that, I, I wanted to talk about the Falcons offseason, the moves they've made so far. We had a lot of turnover um, with the uh, obviously player wise, but in a position of power as well. So I kind of just wanted to get your first thoughts and impressions on our new head coach and our new um, GM, Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. Um, what did you, I guess, think about the hires? Um, did you expect these two to be hired and paired together? And um, what have you thought about the work they've done so far? Sure. Yeah. I mean, at the top, you know, when, when Dan Quinn was fired, I'm going to be honest with you, I really mean it. it was, 
I mean, I may have vaguely heard of him, but he was yeah. not a guy. I mean, my radar was Eric Bennett. I was the enemy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that was, that was everybody's pick. I mean, I'm still baffled he isn't a head coach, but, you know, that was yeah. the front runner for me. You know, obviously, Kansas coordinator, he's been leading the charge for years now, all that kind right. of stuff. So he was my, um, you know, then Arthur Smith, his name started popping up a little bit more on the, the, the the interview process that he was getting further along. So I was trying to do a little bit more reason. Mm -hmm. uh, the more I've gotten to know about Arthur Smith, the more I'm starting to like it and really, mm -hmm. really like the hire, yeah. um, especially with what Atlanta has and with what Matt Ryan is specifically. Yeah. I think, I mean, just what he did with Ryan Tannehill, he turned him from you know, a backup to a legit top 15 quarterback in this league. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, I mean, you can do that with Ryan Tannehill, who knows what you can do with Matt Ryan, or maybe exactly. but, uh, um, yeah, no, I, I've started to like what I've been seeing from Arthur Smith. Uh, it seems like he's a really brilliant football mind, and uh, I think he can do a really good job with the team. As for Terry Fontenot, he comes from the Saints. That's kind of sour, but yeah. <laughs> you got, we got to be honest, the Saints have drafted really, really well the last really 10 years. Well. There's, a reason, there's a reason they keep winning the division all the time, because yeah. they draft very well and you know, make good moves in free agents and he was a big part of that and i think that's a phenomenal hire he obviously knows what he's doing with the same scouting department so i think it's a system you're going to trust it's going to be different from thomas dimitrov and dimitrov did a lot of good things he did but he also had a lot of faults and i think that mm -hmm. terry fontenot can pick up on those faults and uh, more complete dimitrov offensive skill position that he wasn't yeah. very good on the on the trenches and i think that's where the never <laughs> to beef up so uh yeah as far as that's concerned uh i'm, I'm a big fan of they are and i'm excited to see yeah same here um i know everybody said kind of flew under the radar he'd been you know, with titans for a few seasons and then everybody wants to kind of like you said got further along in the process you know more uh pedestrians fans probably figured out of course he's you know the son of uh you know a, a billionaire obviously with fedex money being behind him um, and I actually saw I read it the other day. It was kind of funny, and I you know, thought about it. It was like, you know, he obviously has to be, you know, just a football head, just a football guy, just a lover. And in general, must obviously know what he's talking about. If he wants to work his way up in the ranks through, you know, exactly. coaching yeah. and have pretty much money just honestly set, like he really just set have for life. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I've been, like you just said as well, I was very impressed uh, with the things he's done with Ryan Tanner the last two seasons. Of course, mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, talk they were like okay most of that was due to having a running game with derrick henry and you know obviously you know they got capable weapons aj brown is, is a up-and-coming uh you know star top Absolutely. 10 probably yeah. you know if not now sooner than later um but of course with us you know the main thing was like you know we did it with derrick henry we don't have a run game so what are we going to really do um and of course um you know obviously we're probably looking to address that somewhere in the draft I do like the the pickup of Mike uh, Mike Davis yeah, bringing him like back home, um, and you know still having we, we drafted uh, I forget his name every time Olison um, at some point yeah, you know, it'll be his third year yeah so it'll be his third year with this uh, I probably feel like he would look to obviously you know step up maybe get some reps uh, signing a quarter of Patterson as well you know he's a pretty much a, a Swiss Army knife you can move him around receiver running back fullback whatever the case may be so. Um, I guess that kind of segues me into my next question um, about pretty much our Falcons offseason moves. What are guys that you feel, you know, wish that we may have been able to bring back if you answer that one first and then second kind of what uh, I guess which additions that we've made so far has been your favorite ones or ones that you feel like is going to be very vital and important 
um, you know, as the season progresses. Yeah, so uh, we'll start with the the ones that I wish were re-signed. Uh, mm-hmm. Rico Allen, he may have been a little bit pricey, I guess, to bring him back. Yeah. But my biggest argument of bringing him back is his experience and just the inexperience we have now. The, the second year. The second year. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very. I think that's arguably the weakest point of the is the second mm-hmm. year. So I think I mean obviously they didn't release him without a plan in hand. So I'm confident mm-hmm. that they have a a plan in place for uh, yeah. for that area of the field. Um, but you know he's a very he was a solid player. We can't deny that. I mean maybe he wasn't the best, but he was solid. And for a team that's arguably rebuilding, you know it's kind of iffy where this team is at right now because they're obviously better than that four and twelve record in the. Uh, Good job. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just up in the air right now. As for the offense, uh, was a little troubled to see the release of Kurt Benkert because mm. we only have one quarterback on the roster right now, and his name's <laughs> Matt Ryan. So yeah. whether that means there's going to be a quarterback in the draft, another freaking quarterback picked up, Kurt Benkert knew the system very well, so mm-hmm. he was the only depth that was there behind Matt. I mean, you had Matt yeah. Shaw, but I mean, he's a dinosaur at this point in his career. Yeah, so, he retired. And retired exactly that's about i mean i was surprised he was still in the league at this point yeah. but um yeah i mean it, it just seemed a little weird um regardless what again what that means for the draft i don't know ito smith was another one for me yeah i thought ito showed a lot of i mean he became running back one when when Gurley's knee just couldn't take it anymore this past season yeah. so um again i'm sure they have a plan in place and they get the, the draft or not but as far as the additions that they've had, you brought up a big one, Cordell Patterson. Uh, we haven't had a threat in special teams since Eric Weems, Evan Hester, and I yeah. think he will add an entirely new dimension to the punt returns, to the kick returns that has not existed, arguably. Yeah. So yeah. that's a big pickup. Mike Davis, obviously, is the big one. I mean, running back at this point, and he's the only yeah. one, it <laughs> seems, that to be starter cal- caliber point mm-hmm. of his career. Um, but one that's sort of under the radar, uh, in my opinion, is Duran Harmon, uh, yeah. the guy from the Lions. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's people see that signing and it's not a big deal. You know, he's from the Lions. The Lions are yeah, you know, but yeah. uh, he did very well with the Patriots as sort of a utility player with the Lions. I mean, again, the last 10 years he's been with the, the Lions and the Patriots, he's recorded at least two interceptions. Mm-hmm. And we need that ball hawk. We haven't had a ball hawk. I mean, Trufant really is a ball hawk. It's the biggest yeah. one that they had in the heyday of of whatever secondary that they've had. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, again, Keanu Neal loved the guy, hard hitter, but the dude could never pick up a pass. I think he had mm-hmm. maybe two interceptions his entire career in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, and when he could stay healthy, that was his thing. He just he was a hard hitter and really pick up passes. So I think this this guy can really step into that role at safety, maybe take uh, Rico Allen's role there and mm-hmm. maybe be more of a ball hawk. Um, but yeah. I think that's sort of an under-the-radar signing that uh, could be a big one. For Atlanta, yeah, for sure, for sure, yeah. With with me, same same kind of names. The Edo Smith one kind of hurt, um, yeah. you know, making that cut. I, I obviously, you know, to help bring in probably Cordell and um, Harmon, uh, because like you said, Edo is that change of pace back to where like I'm kind of look at the roster now. We don't really have that guy that can do both, yeah. um, or at least you rely on and do both. And like you say, he's known the system. He was with us what three, two, three years, three years. Yeah. Um. So that one was a little bit of shocker. I was, I had that outside, you know. Slimmest chance and hopes that we may bring, um, may bring why oh, his name just oh Keanu Neal back. Um, yeah. but like you just said, you're not the ball hawking type of say. And the only reason I was hoping we kind of bring him back is just because of the defense of change. I was like, maybe we bring him down to be that fourth kind of linebacker just because he's which he's now doing with the Cowboys. He's now exactly with the Cowboys. So. Yep, that's why I was like, yeah. so I was like, maybe we can now he can now play a more 
in a way natural position because like you said he's not really a he's not really a ball hawk he's a hard-hitting safety that is great in the box so i was yep. hoping we maybe be able to bring him back on a discount and given what the the cowboys signed him for it i mean it probably could have been a possibility but sure. you know probably just just new clean slate want to start over that's what it seemed about. like i mean with, with yeah. the injury history with him i mean it, he's yeah a good player. he made a pro bowl but it just seemed mm -hmm. like it, it needed to be a mutant exactly and even with um um Back, he went to the Cowboys as well, um, but got hurt oh, back up um, for us as well. Why, oh, why these names yeah. keep just slipping my mind? Um, oh my yeah, uh, me too. It, I'm gonna probably see that. Was it? It was uh, no, oh, I man, don't know why. It is. It yeah, we're gonna get it in a second. My, <laughs> our, our, our five guys, but uh, uh, you know, he led the, the league in interceptions at a point. Um, obviously, got hurt last year. Unfortunately, tearing his uh, he tore his ACL or meniscus, one of the two. But he went to the Cowboys as well. Um, and I was hoping we bring either one of the two back just for that familiarity. Um, yeah. And like I said, they would fit in the new defense system anyway. But, you know, like you said, bringing in Harmon, I think that, that that would do well. I know we did draft two safeties last year, so hopefully one's looking to step up. Or if not, depending on how the draft goes, I know Mo Rig is going to be somewhere there, possibly in the 20s. Hopefully we never know how the draft may go. It may slip and maybe he's, uh, you know, on high on our draft boards to where we may be able to get him in that second round. And if he is still there at yeah. 35, I don't plan on it, but you know, just trying to think, um, There's always you know, someone maybe to that spot. Yeah. Exactly. Someone's going to eventually drop, um, you know, maybe it's a skill position that we need, or like I said, just safety corner somewhere, somewhere that we need, um, yeah. you know, to fill in these gaps and holes, but definitely was sad to see those two go. Um, you know, other than that, I feel like the next, every other cut was kind of necessary and ones that I feel like we were going to make addition wise, like you said, um, Cordell's great, great pickup. I was really happy to see that signing just because we haven't had, like you said, any explosiveness in the return game. If I, if I could look up the stats right now, I'm pretty sure we probably led the league in, um, fair catches from when Devin Hester, like you said, yeah. yeah, because no one would, no one would ever, ever try. I know it, it got a little bit better, uh, Last year with uh keep forgetting all these talking things. I have no clue why. But um yeah, got a little I bit mean, better I mean, last year. I don't remember who they had back there returning kicks season. I mean, I think maybe it was Ellison a couple times, but I can't even think of who they had back there running uh, kicks because it was run, so I say running back, um, but mainly just used for special teams. He's the running back that was our it remember, Gage? um no, it was uh you remember when uh what was our punter? Uh, Matt Bosher, uh, that one highlight hit that they always yeah, kind of show uh, one one year round. He, um, yep. yep, destroyed uh, destroyed that that running back, and, and that's who was yeah. you know returning for us uh, last year. Like I say he had a few explosive ones. I think he actually had maybe one touchdown. Like I say mm -hmm. with him, it got better last year, but other than that, it's been missing for some years. So Cordell Patterson, big body, um, receiver, and like I say, he's not just useful. In the return game, you can use them on offense. You're not afraid to put them at running back. Um, if we we do get thin there, and you're not afraid to put them, you know, maybe even at a slot or outside receiver as well. Like I say, he's exactly. a Swiss yeah. Army knife, so you can kind of move them around, which is no right, good. And so. Harmon as well, just a solid veteran pickup. Like I said, as a free safety, he is he's like a, one of the ball hawking type free safeties as well, and, and solid um, when it comes to tackling as well. So definitely was glad to see those two signs beyond those two days, especially filling voids and holes that we needed. Um, Although you know, there's still it's still a lot of work to do. Um, there's still a lot of holes to to be filled. But definitely was you know I've been happy so far with the signings that have been made and the moves that Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have done. Especially you know with the cap space, you know hell that we've been in. 
you know, everybody thought the Saints was going to be in cash space hell, but I guess they, you know, they do it every year. They're able to, just like out. other teams, yeah. figure it out, move it around, yeah. make it bonuses, um, sure. cut certain players. Even though they did cut a lot, they cut a lot of, you know, pretty um, important players that you know, had played on their rosters last year or two. But um, like I said, just, just made the right decisions, got out of cash space hell. And with Terry Fontenot, he's had to deal with that the last few seasons. Glad he was able to figure it out for us in his first year. And um, like I said, they're looking to, continue to add pieces that can help us in this this upcoming season um but switching gears a little bit now like i said to now more so focused to the nfl draft we have the number four pick um one through three is pretty much set at this point um in a lot of people's minds yeah it should be quarterback 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 it's just the question of what quarterback at the three spot more than likely um and which i like i said i know we'll talk about a little bit later but wanted to talk about our falcons pick at number four i feel like with our number four pick, we, we kind of can send a direct send the draft in so many different directions. And I feel like it's a very, very important pick. If you are a Falcons fan, I know between us, it's always really split. A lot of, you know, I mean, Facebook group yeah. messages. A lot of them are like, right yep. A lot of us are like, you know, draft the draft the quarterback, you know, draft the the, the future um at that position, you know, because a lot of them either don't like Matt Ryan or just feel like it's, it's that time. Others yeah. are like taking Kyle Pitts. Others are like some people are like draft, draft the defensive player. There's there's nobody at four that is going to immediately help us. That's you know, that highly started on the defensive yeah. end, and plus we have more you know draft picks. Or can if we are trading a lot of which was the next thing. A lot of people want us to trade out of four to pile up picks, but you never know. You just you never always hit on picks. Like you, you you're you're lucky to if you have a nine out of a draft, you're lucky to hit on a solid a four. Like if you get four solid starters out of nine draft picks. That's a very successful draft in a lot of people's opinions. So overall, um, like I said, where do you feel like we should be going with this number four pick? Who would you draft if you were the GM of the Falcons at number four? Or what would you do? Would you trade out of it? Quarterback, Kyle Pitts, kind of what, have you, what has your thought process been so far? Yeah, I mean, you, you put it best. The, the whole issue with this is I can see every single argument for what this number four pick is, and I can mm -hmm. have a supportive argument for every single option. That's the problem is because mm -hmm. every single one I can be like, if they, if they go in that direction, I can be like, okay, I get it. I get the comfort with it. As far as what I would do, um, you know, again, subject to much interpretation by Falcons fans and probably yourself included, because I'm sure you have opinion about this as well. But uh, as far as what I would do, I mean, I, the ideal situation for me is to trade back, acquire picks, and maybe grab a defensive player a little bit later in the first round. Mm -hmm. But based on the reports that I've been hearing, it appears that the Falcons are asking too much, uh, which, yeah. again, warranted because it's the number one pick. <laughs> so if you, you need to make sure that return is pretty good. Um, yep. So uh, in that regard, again, ideal scenario, you trade back maybe 10 range, let's say a Denver Broncos team. Um, mm -hmm. somewhere in that vicinity, grab a Patrick Sertain, JC Horn, really beef up that secondary, get someone there, yeah. or maybe even get a Michael Parsons. I know he's got some sort of off-field concerns, but mm -hmm. he's arguably a top five caliber player in this draft. It's just yeah. not a defensive draft. So that's my ideal situation for if I'm staying put at number four, then I'm taking Kyle Pitts. And mm -hmm. the reason for that is, you know, you have the quarterback argument and all this kind of stuff. For me, Terry Fontenot has been a very strong proponent of the saying, best player available. Kyle Pitts is, again, besides Trevor Lawrence, arguably the best player in this entire draft. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I feel like when you have a prospect, you know, there can be different situations with prospects, you know, really good prospects. For me, Kyle Pitts is sort of 
this generational prospect that you yep. can't let go. You may not have an immediate need for it. Mm-hmm. You know, sort of like Julio Jones when we drafted him in 2011. You know, he exactly. wasn't an immediate need, but it's a generational prospect. You just exactly. you got to take it sometimes. So yep. for me, especially with an offense that Arthur Smith runs, it's very heavy on tight ends. I know we signed Lee mm-hmm. Smith. This could be problematic. If, if the offensive yeah. line can take a big step, and again, and this takes me back to another argument I have, and a school mm-hmm. be another good thing, in my opinion. I can yep. make a very good argument for that. Um, but if Chris Lindstrom and uh, Caleb Geary make huge jumps in their second year, mm-hmm. like many are hoping so. I know they had some yeah. injury problems last year. You know, you get Jake Matthew, two guys up. Um, you get uh, Hennessy uh, up, to, mm-hmm. up to speed. Now he's got a full season under his belt. So all those proponents included, and again, like we've said, this team is not that far off. They really yeah. aren't. They're not as bad as this 4-12 record is showing. Everyone exactly. sees that and they're like, oh my God, Matt Ryan's the problem. Full reset, let's restart, get all this done. Yeah. So that's where I stand on it. And again, with the quarterback argument, I think it makes it even tougher because they restructured Matt's deal. So that at least locks him down for two, at least two more. So my problem with the quarterback, and again, I can, I can support it is mm-hmm. you get a guy especially like justin Fields, a hometown guy who the fans yep. are going to want to see you That's see him in the preseason <laughs> do really well which i'm sure he will he'll perform mm-hmm. very well in the preseason and the minute matt ryan throws two interceptions or one interception it's all funny. hell will break loose yep. it's all matt's fault <laughs> yep. i'll do it now start the rookie you know mm-hmm. that's what i'm worried about again it's not a new york market that'll crucify him like that but you mm-hmm. get what i'm saying i think that's exactly. my issue with that and it, would it be cool to draft a quarterback at four and prepare for the future? Absolutely. I love Justin Fields and I love Trey Lance. I think those are two guys that have huge, huge tremendous upside, way more than yeah. Mac Jones. But uh, I think that's something that would be ideal in any other draft. But I just think this team is not that far off and they take advantage of this opportunity to take a generational prospect. It's big time, big time. Yeah. I mean, like you said, you hit on everything. Uh, there's been so many different arguments for different situations and scenarios that the Falcons should go through. Um, I would, I would be a big proponent. Like, and my two things are, I, I've been on the Kyle Pitts train just cause I also, I'm also Florida Gator as a yeah, yeah, so, 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 so if, if, if I add, that's like a, a win-win in my situation, in my, in my book, but <laughs> um, I've been on the train like either like, yeah, draft back and accumulate picks. Um, the only thing, like I said earlier is just, but I do feel confident in Arthur Smith and Terry Fonda to do so is to just to hit on picks. I guess I, I'm a little, you know, traumatized from some of the picks that have been made, uh, you know, by our, our former uh, GM, oh, yeah. uh, especially like you said earlier in the trenches. McKinley, Vic Beasley. Beasley. Yeah. Very, 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 very rough picks um, to be made and, and, and individuals to have had on our team. So that's why I'm, I'm, I'm a little, like I say, if you do that, you got to hit on picks. Cause hit, another yeah. thing that I saw um, like a day or two ago was, you know, people, this stuff just resurfaces, of course. Um, They just bring it back. Uh, they said like, what, whenever, how many ever years ago we drafted Julio, what, 10 or 11 years ago when we yeah. drafted Julio. They showed the side by side picture of how much or the, the picks that we gave up in order to get them and they showed and the what those picks turned out to yeah. be. And I have no I don't think one of those guys is on the NFL roster yeah, anymore at this moment. Us. And they probably yeah. it's probably been some years since they've been on on there. The only one I could really recognize was Brandon Whedon. Um and, yeah. and that made that sh- that should tell you something. So and, and again, like, to, to that argument, again, mm-hmm. it's 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 what we gave Cleveland was a king's ransom. 
And mm-hmm. you look at all the drafts, you know, the picks that they made, they could have had some franchise-altering players if they picked the right players. Right. Yep. It, it worked out for the Falcons in the long run because they got mm-hmm. Julio Jones and the Browns got all these busts. But yep. they could have changed the trajectory of that franchise yep. if they hit on those picks. Just A lot hit. sooner. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess that's also having, you know, the right people in place to make those decisions. Exactly. So, as I was saying, that's why, that's why I was saying I'm not that – I'm not that against it. I'm a big proponent of it just because I I now feel comfortable believing Terry Fontana and Arthur Smith to make those decisions to where if we did drive back um and you can say number nine pick, whatever the case may be, that we would get the right guys um for however many picks that we accumulate over the next year or two or three. Um but also the only one I'm just I can't I can't get with is just the quarterback situation. And I do get, of course, bringing in just if he's there at four, I know it'd be enticing. Like you said, hometown kid. A lot of people feel he could have the best um, total career out of all the quarterbacks that are going to be drafted in this year's draft. And just the, just the talent, um, he's one of the quarter. He's he has a style of play that's moving toward or is suitable for Modern quarterbacks now. In the, in a, yeah. Exactly. Like just mobile, strong arm, um, you know, all the tools that, that you need to be a successful quarterback in, in this day and age of being a quarterback. But just I can't get with pain. Like as we're already in salary cap hell, I just can't understand. I wouldn't be able to understand having him sit behind Matt for two years. Um, yeah, it's, and it's a long time. That's obviously, exactly. Like, obviously, learning-wise and for the game and for our team in the future, that would be amazing for him to you know, be able to sit and learn from more than likely a future Hall of Famer um, before he ever you know, steps foot on the NFL field. But just that money, having to pay him and pay Matt at the same time, because I feel like there's no way that we're going to be able to move off of Matt. I don't think there's anybody that would trade for him. And to that argument, I could see it if they didn't restructure Matt's deal. They, yep. Before they restructured Matt's deal, I can be like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, if, if that's mm-hmm. where you're going, you're going to move off Matt, give him a year, do the do the Alex exactly. Smith Mahomes route, you know, where he sits one year behind Alex Smith and yep. give it to him. But this restructuring does not allow Matt to go anywhere. So no way. And if that's the case, then I just don't see how that could be a smart move. Having a guy who you can take who can start immediately and help the team immediately, mm-hmm. like Kyle Pitts. Exactly. Yeah, and that's on. That's why I've been so big on Coppice because the the other thing, like obviously, you know, offense hasn't been our problem really. Like the only down year for yes. them in the last five six years has been was that 2017 season. That's the one year I will say, okay, the defense kind of carried us a little bit yeah. in, in times because I feel like that was one of you know Matt's more so down years. Um, but oh my, oh, I was just gonna, gonna say, say, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say, of course, I think it was, of course, um, just. A lot of people don't really – if you're not a Falcons fan, you don't realize that Matt hasn't had a consistent offensive coordinator to work with no longer than two seasons. Like, every two seasons, he has somebody different. And, yeah. yeah, different playbook, different you – no, know, obviously, cadence, just different everything. Um, and, and that takes a minute to learn. And I, that was one of the seasons, of course, why he had a down season. But I was going to say to that point, um, it hasn't been a struggle, but – to add another offensive weapon like him, like Calvin Ridley, Julio Jones, Hayden Hurst, he's gonna, still a dangerous tiger. Exactly. That makes that makes even everything even easier on not only Matt and the offense, but it makes it easy on Kyle Pitts in his first NFL, you know, first NFL yeah. season. Um, and to learn behind Julio and you know become that, you know, pro- a lot of people obviously consider Calvin, he's our next number one receiver. But I'm pretty sure if we do have Kyle Pitts in, in this offense, he's gonna be another piece that can be moved around. Like he, he's a tight end, but in a sense, essentially a wide receiver, like just like all these other, um, you know, tight ends these days, Kelsey, Waller, Kittle, yeah. 
all these guys. So, and yeah, and one thing that people often forget, and I don't see how they don't see this argument. And I get, you know, it's not the biggest part of his mm-hmm. game, and really the how modern day NFL works. But there isn't a rule against tight ends blocking. That's yeah, <laughs> nearly forty percent of what they do. Mm-hmm. And you need offensive line help. Yeah, I get it. Penasol is very tempting, but. Mm-hmm. If you draft Kyle Pitts, yeah, he's a tight end. He catches balls really, really well. Mm-hmm. But guess what? He also blocks really well, too. Yeah. So why not utilize that skill in Arthur's play-action offense? Mm-hmm. What he does. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I've been on that train. Like I said, I I definitely can see why we would trade back and try to and try to maybe secure um, you know, more picks for the future and then possibly take a cornerback to run with A.J. Terrell um, yeah. just to, to solidify the secondary and – those you know two corner spots moving forward but like i said the only thing i really can't get behind unfortunately is the quarterback situation just because of the money that would be tied in um for a backup and obviously with them with matt ryan and even given the talented you know class of quarterbacks that we see and and there's no there's also no rule against you know drafting quarterbacks in later rounds like there's still going to be some viable talent there i know a lot of the noise has died down around guys like Kellen Mond and Kyle Trask and um, even Book from um, you know Notre Dame. It's like a lot of guys that will still be there to where we can maybe snag them. We have a third round pick, we have a fourth round pick. They're gonna have to get a quarterback, so they can't just yeah. roll with one. <laughs> exactly. So more, more than likely, like I said, quarterback help yeah. is coming, and like I said, there's still great talent to where we don't have to pay a absurd amount of money for someone to you know be behind Matt, and learn behind him, and be our quarterback for the future. If we, of course, if we do move off of them in two years, so. That's just kind of where I am. I am with it, um, and and hoping, you know, and knowing. I think we will make the right decision. I think it, it seems like, at least right now on this Sunday at seven eighteen, that we're going to be leaning more towards taking Kyle Pitts. But there's about what four days They've left until the really draft. Big time, big time. <laughs> so I, I, I was like, I hope they don't. If they do surprise us, hopefully it's in a good way. But I'm hoping. Um, I honestly hope. Like I said, my my, pit, my bet would be on picking Kyle Pitts and bringing him to Atlanta, which I would greatly love. And even though it's yeah, it, it's pretty it's funny, hard to, it's hard to find those guys that you just mm-hmm. know in the back of your mind they're not going to like. Exactly, he's, he's just he's just one of those guys. I mean, no off concerns, nothing mm-hmm. underlying that you're concerned about. He's just one of those guys that you know is just he's not going to miss. This guy's yeah. going to get in there immediately, and he's not going to suffer any hiccups along the way. He's just one of those exactly. types of prospects, and. As a first-year GM, that's pretty damn tempting. I, I'd exactly. say you know, as your first pick with the franchise is a potential guy like that with all fame talent. That's pretty hard to pass up. Big time. Like I say, it, it's even and a lot of people were like the other thing is too. I kind of want to ask you what What are your thoughts on um, people feeling like you can't draft a tight end this high? Like, what is your thoughts on like? putting you know, obviously like names and titles on positions like yeah. if you took that tight if you took that tight end i've been saying if you take that tight end tag off of you know beside his name and put wide receiver because the next pick after him if we do take him at four is more than likely slotted to be a wide receiver if not penny so well and then the sixth pick will be a wide receiver like like i don't i don't understand people's thought process on that it's like what's the like there's no reason to like oh you stay away from him because he's he has tight end beside his name he's a tight end you can't draft him this high like wide receivers are going to go six and fifth so yeah no i i get that argument i i don't support the argument you know Mm -hmm. i i get the argument if it was you know if if this was a really good tight end you know really good Mm -hmm. uh you know all american first team game changer but he's not a generational talent 
Kyle mm-hmm. Pitts is, is is different, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I, I think the same argument goes for the quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence is a generational talent at quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, I'm trying to think of, you know, Justin Herbert turned out really good, really well, mm-hmm. and is doing great work for the Chargers right now. He's not a guy that you saw coming out that was, this guy's going to hit. No, no way yep. he busts, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, for me, that's yeah. Of, exactly. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those situations where, depending on what your position is, you can just see it. I mean, again, maybe a guy like Clowney is a little bit different. He hasn't quite mm-hmm. hit like people thought he was going to hit, but he still turned yeah. out to be a very good player. Just yeah. one of those He's guys. Great number two. See. Great, yeah, fantastic. Very good starter, Pro Bowl player. Um, it's just one of those prodigy type players. And when you say the argument of you know I'm not going to draft you based on your position, I think. It's not really valid when it comes to those just super process. I think it's mm-hmm. a little bit different. You just can see it, you know it, and all the scouts seem to agree on it. Uh, so that's where my, my argument there. I, and again, like you said, you take that tight end label and you just do a blind test of what you're seeing with these stats. He's yeah. a he's wide receiver number one in this class. I mean, you could put yep. Jamar Chase up there. I mean, I think obviously I think it's Jamar Chase and everybody else, but mm-hmm. um, I think it's 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 pretty close between those two. We're talking strictly. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's just annoying. Like I say, just seeing people like, oh, he's a tight end. Can't draft this tight Like no one drafted Kelsey or, or Waller or. Um, if you Kittle saw Tony Gonzalez yep. potentially available at number four, you're not going to say, oh, well, I wouldn't pick a tight end for Yep. Because like I say, <laughs> a lot of people would be talking about, you know, when they do redrafts and everything, I bet they're right there somewhere in the top oh, 10. I'm if sure. you, re- you redraft their classes, like yeah. you look, if you look back on it, obviously, like I say, they weren't, you know, obviously probably sure things. They probably were really good, like you said, all American type guys. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like they, they they had the, you know, they had the accolades and everything, but it's like not, you know, certified like right there, generational Freaks. talent to where yeah. yeah, exactly. So they developed into that. And like I said, if you do redraft, more than likely they're going top ten hands down. Like there's no question about Maybe it. So five, yeah. yeah. So I was like, what what is the point of waiting on that? Like if he's right there at four, pick him at four, or, or whoever picks him. Um, San Francisco surprises pick him at three. Exactly. Yeah. Like say, if you can play, you can play. And I think even with the the lax rules and everything, especially them protecting yeah. you know, defenseless receivers and everything, it's like it makes these guys even more dangerous, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Just because they're able to, like I said, they're more so protected. They can go down the middle. They they know they like obviously there's the safety probably breathing down their neck, but they're sure. they're protected with the calls. The, the with, obviously with the refs um obviously the, the equipment upgrades and everything now. yeah it's just passing it's a passing 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 and like i said it's it's hard to imagine this guy even missing like like i said missing on the, on the type of uh, assessments and everything that he, that we have for him and just the the hopes that what he'll turn into so um exactly. again if i haven't said it enough kyle pitts at four yeah, hopefully right there um but um guess moving a little bit off of the Falcons kind of want to now focus a little bit more on the NFL draft as a whole. Like I said, I feel a lot of us feel like one, two, and three is pretty much picked. We just got to figure out who's going at three, four. Yeah. Like I said, I feel like we can kind of send the draft in, in a bunch of directions, whether we trade the pick or we pick Kyle Pitts. It kind of helps other teams decide a little bit more. But there are a few teams that it's kind of up in the air because they either have a lot of needs and we don't know what they're going to do. Or they're kind of just in a weird spot to where we like they they haven't been able to trade out. They can't trade up. Um, they have a lot of holes and needs to fill, or they may not have that many holes and needs to fill, and they want to take a, a specific guy that they feel can you know either help their team in the long run, learn behind, or just come in and be an immediate start, kind or just kind of like a, a and I don't want to say a pick to play with, but in a sense a pick to play with. 
Um, yeah. So there's a few teams I just kind of have in mind. I kind of want to ask about. Um, so the first one for me personally is, I guess, with the scenario, if we do pick Kyle, if we do pick Kyle Pitts at four, um, five, obviously, is the Bengals. And I think they're going to go Pene Suel. But a lot of people, a lot of traction has been picked up that they may possibly go Jamar Chase. So for you, if you're in the Bengals position, who would you go with? If I'm in the Bengals position right now, I know Jamar Chase is a very tempting prospect. You know, he has that chemistry with Joe Burrow already, and they lit it up. His last time he used to even sit on a football field you know, since he's last season off. Mm-hmm. My opinion, if I am the Bengals front office, I am taking an ace down. You've got a franchise quarterback who just tore his ACL coming back. He needs all the protection he can get. And he's shown flashes. You saw right when he came out of the gate in play. He's got that it factor. He can... He's going to be there if he can stay healthy. He yep. is staying healthy now at this point. They got T. Higgins. They've got some weapons to work with him, but yep. those weapons are going to become irrelevant really quick. He can <laughs> stay healthy. Exactly. And I mean, we, we knew that when the Bengals drafted him, there's a reason they were the number one overall pick last year. They were a horrible team. Mm-hmm. And a big part of that is their quarterback couldn't stay upright. So a guy like Joe Burrow, an investment like that, that you're, I mean, there's, there's going to be a receiver prospect every single year. Receivers, are a are getting better and better every year mm-hmm. and i mean it's also a deep class too i mean you could also you could potentially nab a guy like rondell moore a little bit later in the second round yep. a guy who could fall right there I, I to me it's no question you go offensive line i know that receiver prospect is really really tempting but yep. jamar chase isn't going to be catching any balls if joe burrow is on. Exactly. yep and he's already you know out you know probably at best, probably middle of the season this year anyway for getting, you know, yeah. injured so late last year. So, uh, like I said, I, I saw that being that steam being picked up, but it's like there, there's no one to be able to catch the ball if you can't even get it to him because the offensive line last year was terrible. Uh, I don't even yeah. know how much of an upgrade they've made this year on it, but you got to be able to protect your investment. I mean, so you got to. And also like that, you have it. You have an, yeah. it's, it's not just Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon's a very good running back. And he, mm-hmm. has, he didn't do anything last year. Yeah, that's, that's the problem. I know I drafted him in my fantasy. Yeah, but I'll say, <laughs> I was like, you must have, I was just about to say, you must have him in fantasy. Oh, yeah. But I mean, before that, we, we saw the potential of, Joe, of, um, of Joe Mixon. He's a very good mm-hmm. running back. He takes some time. But that's yeah. two guys right off the bat that you just made irrelevant because you can't give him any time or any room to run. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So that's, I, I feel like they should definitely go Peninsula if he's still yep. there at five. Um, Jamar Chase conversation has been picked up being picked up but i think that's just the best and more most safe way to go because he's been considered a generational talent on the offensive line as well they say you can move him around pretty much anywhere which is, which um, is why i would totally be opposed to Falcons taking him but yeah there's some movement around there but yeah i think that exactly exactly uh the next kind of team i had in mind um just kind of staying in the top 10 is the panthers i know they have a, a good amount of holes to fill as well um and it's kind of I just don't know, really know the specific direction they should or could go. Obviously, with the trade of Sam Darnold, quarterback is pretty much off the line or out of the question now. Um, so they, they they got their quarterback of the future um, as of now. So I can't, kind of who do you think they should draft or where do you think their head is at if you were the GM of the, of the Panthers right now? If I'm the GM of the Panthers right now, I know I've seen a lot of, of mocks that have, have, have had quarterbacks dropped to the it right there, and I agree with you. I Pretty dumb to take a quarterback at this point. I'm also <laughs> a big believer in Sam Darnold. I think he was never given a fair shot. In Same here. Nothing, yep. no line, no receivers, mm-hmm. no competent coaching whatsoever. And yep. I think Matt Rule is a very – Joe Brady, too, offensive coordinator. I think they have a very good offense. 
coaching staff there, and I think Sam Darnold has a chance to we can actually see what we do now. We saw flashes in New York, but I think quarterback is off the table. If I'm the Panthers, I might do the same thing as the Bengals. I draft offensive line. If Panay School is still there, I doubt it. Like maybe get a guy like Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, the second best prospect. Some have had him going before. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking a guy like him. Maybe even take a Jamar Chase if he's there. If not Jamar Chase, then a Devontae Smith, perhaps, say yeah. a Jalen Waddell, you know, one mm-hmm. of those three big time receiver prospects. Um, this is an offense, this is a team that needs offensive help. And yeah. you've got an offensive coach, offensive coaches that mm-hmm. can do very well with this. So if I'm them, I go offensive line, get Darnold. The absolute most protection you can get because in that case you see what you've got you know what you have if he has protection you give him someone to block for him you can actually see what you've got if, if he's not getting protection you don't really know it'll make any quarterback look mortal pretty quick so exactly. i think if you get that for him you can see not only see what you've got but if he's good then that that solves a problem right yeah same here same here i think uh I feel like I've been thinking like they can kind of go one of two ways. Like you just said, Curtis Samuel, they have offensive minded head coaches. So I feel like with the talent, re- the talent receiver. Bobby Anderson um, too. He has chemistry yep, with Darnold. Exactly. I, I'm glad to actually see that matchup happening, um, yeah. especially if in the system, new system Darnold will be in. Um, but like you just said, they have offensive minded head coaches. So pairing them with another receiver after losing Curtis Samuel, who had a, a career year under Joe Brady and, and, and those guys over there. It would be interesting to see them add, like I said, Jalen Waddle or Devontae Smith, whoever the case may be, just a, a big time wide receiver um, on the other side of Robbie Anderson. And they still got DJ Moore, obviously. Like, that's a, that would be a solid three wide receiver tandem. Um, exactly. So I, I would definitely see them going there. A lot of people have said also maybe thinking about, um, like you just said, Rashawn Slater, another offensive line um, prospect, or if not, uh, I know M- Michael Parsons has been. Kind of everywhere. He's been like the he's late. All over the place. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it's really hard to tell where, but a lot of people feel like they could go linebacker, obviously, after losing Luke Keekley, um, right, retiring, um, you know, yeah, past year. So getting that next generational linebacker in, in their, in, in, I guess they're in their sense, um, someone that can be moved all over the field. That's, you know, pretty much a speeding bullet can it ends everywhere. And he, I think yeah. he separated himself, has shown he's been, you know, he opted out this past year, has been head and shoulders above. Uh, the rest of the linebackers in the class so far. So with them, I, was, I feel like they can go f- with any of these three picks and they don't really, they're not really wrong. Um, they might be in a best player available type situation. Exactly. Yep. Because they like said, who knows what happens at five, six, and seven, even, even though I think a lot of us are thinking the Detroit Lions should, which, which is why I left them out. I was thinking, of course, they should definitely go with a receiver, given that they lost they the top two receivers this past year. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like enough said there. Like they need help yeah. from every which R- way R- possible. R.I.P. My boy Jared Goff, and oh, poor yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. He's he's about to step into a, a terrible situation. But yeah, uh, yeah, I don't even want to to hit on that. But uh, the next team I kind of wanted to talk about or actually about is a uh, is the Broncos. I feel like they're kind of in, in a little bit of a weird spot as well. A lot of people we talked about earlier. A lot of people have been kind of thinking that we that they may drive up, take our fourth spot to possibly get a quarterback, Justin Fields, mm-hmm. Matt. Mac, well, Justin Fields is there because a lot of people think yeah. Mac Jones will get picked by San Francisco. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah. So they feel like they may trade up to the fourth spot to pick a quarterback. But if they do hold on to the ninth spot, where do you kind of see them going? I At first, before the offseason moves, I saw them going corner. But I feel like they got a, they could still go corner, but they signed a lot of viable options to where it's better than what they had last year. And they can come in and step in and, and be starters, especially Kyle Fuller. 
Um, yeah. So I feel like they're kind of in a weird spot, but who do you think they would take if they stay at that nine spot? So Denver's in sort of a precarious position, in my opinion. I think Denver it will make their decision solely based on what Atlanta does. It. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I'm saying that on the assumption that Atlanta does not trade them. Yep. And this is all under the idea that a quarterback would think that they will But I think if Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback, that will leave two quarterbacks on some fields, Trey Lance, most likely. But it appears that one of those two guys, we know that no one after them is getting quarterback. The Bengals aren't going to take one. The Dolphins have made it clear that uh, the Lions, I doubt they're going to take sign Jared Goff and way too much to be drafting now. Exactly. And the Panthers are not going to do it either. So, in a sense, that would leave two quarterbacks falling to that position. Mm-hmm. One of two. Um, so, in that case, I don't see a, a way that either one of those guys gets past them. Yeah. Um, now, again, it becomes a little tricky if a team like the Falcons or someone trades up to the Falcons spot and takes a quarterback and leaves one guy left. Um, I do think there's a strong chance that one of, if not two of those quarterbacks will fall to Denver. They, don't, mm-hmm. they may not have to trade up. And in that case, I think they do take one because I am 100% of the book that they are in. And yeah. I'm not sold on them either. Based on what I've seen, I, I haven't seen enough to be like, that's the guy. Uh, you know, he's shown me enough to be like, that's the guy who can hold it down for a little bit before mm-hmm. the new guy takes over. <laughs> but uh, from what I've seen, that's not a franchise quarterback. Um, and I think they need, again, Denver is a team that's been stuck in limbo since Peyton Manning retired because they've always had a good defense. And the offense has just never been able to take that next step forward. Yep. They've just never been able to replace it. And, I, you know, Elway, he's just been swinging and missing on these quarterback prospects for years now. Each and every time, yeah. Each uh, and every time. And I, I, I'm sure he's wanting to hit on one of these eventually. But as you said, if, if they don't go quarterback, I'm going to believe they do go quarterback at that spot. Um, you know, again, if those guys are all taken up, there's no way mm-hmm. in hell they'll take a quarterback. There's no way yeah. they can Kyle Trask <laughs> on Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... If they don't take a quarterback, I think take a guy like Micah Parsons, pair him up, Von Miller, uh, mm-hmm. maybe get a guy like Patrick Sertain. This this is the area where those first defensive players will be. Yep. You know, because up one through eight, it's got to be all offense. I don't see a scenario mm-hmm. where any defensive player is taken. Nine and ten with Dallas and Denver, it's sort of yep. that spot where okay, these defensive guys might come off the board. You might be seeing these J.C. Horns, be seeing. Oh, uh, 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 Patrick! You said you just said Patrick Sertain. Sertain, Sertain, yes. Yeah. Uh, just said his name. Yes, Patrick Sertain, those guys. Um, so this is right around that spot that they would be taken, and Denver, you know, could not be under the best player available situations. But mm-hmm. if they don't take quarterback, I'm saying one of the one of the three between Parsons, Sertain, or yeah, definitely, definitely. I think this is I think this is also where the first defensive guy pretty much comes off the board as well. Whether yeah. it's, it's and it's kind of whoever, yeah, it's either. Like with them, they can definitely they could go Michael Parsons. I know they got um Bradley Chubb and a, another DC linebacker. That'd be pretty but nice yeah, exactly. Given like I said, the the signings that they made in the secondary to where I think they can maybe push it off another year to get yeah. that corner. Or if they feel like they they got that that got that got got that guy in that corner now that can come in and and be that talent for them for for a few years to come in Patrick Sertain or um. Uh, Farley or any, or yeah. like you say, JC Horn, any of these guys, um, they feel it, it is um, the guy for them. They can pick them there as well. So, Broncos, like I said, definitely in a very curious spot. I think they, the best case scenario though, is to go defense if they're not able to, you know, obviously um, move up and, and draft the quarterback or if a quarterback doesn't fall to them in, in the ninth spot. I also, which I also I don't, don't see them, 
I also don't see them taking a wide receiver at that spot either. They drafted yeah, Judy last good. year, and yeah, you could have a Devontae Smith there, and you mm-hmm. may have a Jalen Waddle there, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's worth that. Yeah, that they, they, for what their needs. Are. Exactly, they still got young talent. They got KJ Hamler. Something was injured last year. And they still had, you know, a decent receiving core, even with him going down. I, feel, I think another guy, I forgot his name, but two other guys stepped up on um, filling this spot. So I think they got a nice young receiving core. So defense is probably the best way to build up um, for them right now. A um, few more teams I had to ask you, but I feel like I got you doing like a mini mock draft, honestly. Yeah, no, it's right now, in my opinion. I enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, like I say, it's always curious. NFL draft time is always a, a fun time because it's always curious, really, you know, just curious and great to see where these guys or where these organizations are thinking. But um, the Eagles is the next team I kind of want to ask you about just because um, I feel like they've been missing. Well, last year, everybody, obviously they thought they would go. Yeah, no, we thought they would go receiver. They did go receiver. They didn't go the receiver. A lot of us thought they would go with, but they did go receiver. And pretty much since this team has kind of been a shambles since that Super Bowl run, I think, you know, they were decent in, in the year to follow, but ever since it's, it's it's been a train wreck, like you just said. Um, so obviously they got rid of Carson Wentz. Jalen Hurts is looking to be, is day one quarterback right now. Um, obviously I don't think they draft a quarterback at the moment. I for, forgot who they think they brought in to to kind of compete with that that backup job. Nate oh, no, no, no. Yep. They, bought, they brought in Joe Flacco. That's Joe probably. Flacco, yeah, yep. Yes, as well. In. Yep. Sudfield yeah. is still there, but yeah, like you said, they they brought in um yeah. Joe Flacco. Um, but they said receiving like they just have been an injured team like on yeah. all aspects on both sides of the ball. Um, they obviously tr- they traded with uh the Dolphins. Um, to now the Dolphins have their sixth pick, and now they're picking at twelve. I think a lot of people have them slide to possibly take a defensive player as well, maybe corner. Um, so where do you kind of think they should go? I think this is one of the teams that has like a lot of needs at this point. Um, oh yeah. But- what, what direction yeah, they, do you see them going? They have, man, they have just really apart. But as far as the Eagles are concerned, I mean, the problem is their management doesn't seem to know what they're doing either. They, yeah. they came out saying, I mean, even at the quarterback position, it seems like this was obviously Jalen Hurts' job. He rid of Carson Wentz, but he comes in and says, no, we're not going to save the quarterback. Like just those <laughs> types of statements just show the, the turmoil of that organization, you know, because – Jalen Jalen Hurts, I, I, I'll, I'm holding my judgment on him because I just feel like I haven't seen enough. He shot exactly flashes, right. and I really I, I like what I saw out of him sometimes. I really liked him. I think he's a good quarterback. I just mm-hmm. haven't seen enough. Of um, but as far as their needs, you're right. They, they got they got so old very quickly on both sides of the ball. You know, especially in the trenches, guys like uh, uh, Long, you know, retiring, mm-hmm. and, and some other guys there on the defensive front. But the Cox got really old. Yeah. Um, you know, just all those guys that were huge parts of that Super Bowl run are just gone now. And, you know, ideally you'd, you'd like to get maybe some some trench help, but they're going to tackle prospects. Um, yeah, you've got a lot of just or lack thereof of defensive line prospects in this draft. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a spot where you you think cornerback. Um, this again seems like a spot where you could get uh, fairly at a Virginia Tech. Um, you know, maybe you got like horn a few balls down to that area. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it seems like that would be a fit, uh, but you also had to look at this division. This division's a mess too. So it, yeah. it is kind of an arms race sort of at this point. Uh, there isn't really any receivers to worry about in that division. Yeah. Um, but I think you, again, you could be in a best player available. And again, it seems to be a common theme here. Um, yep. but, uh, I, I would, I would probably go cornerback in this regard just because of the defensive line mm-hmm. prospects. Of- yeah, exactly. And I think. Corner would be a, 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 the best 
route to go as well, just because, um, oh, dang. I, today, for some reason, has been the day that I'm just forgetting all the NFL player names that's right there on the tip of my tongue. But I forgot they did lose their, their the other corner. Um, I forgot where he went. I do remember he signed a, a contract with uh, someone this offseason. Uh, so basically, you know, they just have uh, Slay on the other side. So, you know, to pair Slay with uh, J.C. Horn, who a lot of people, a lot of people, he's been climbing up each and every week. And he I has, think they've been going up. Yeah. Yeah. They either see him, if not at, as the number one, they see him the number two for sure corner in this draft. So to pair him with Slay, that kind of solidifies your secondary a little bit. And I think that's the best probably direction that they should go, especially like you just said. There's really no standout defensive edge rush like we've typically had in these past few drafts. Obviously, last year it was Chase Young. Um, yeah. You know, there's a few guys that's there, but no, like, yeah, that's for sure number one. Top and it's five one of those situations pick. too. If you had a Chase Young in this draft, it would be mm-hmm. easy to pick for the Falcons. You know, that's Big where time. they go. Yeah, but exactly. Because that's one of the things. Yep, yeah, exactly. So it's a uh, definitely. It would be interesting to see where they go, especially all the holes that they have uh, in, in the past drafts that they've done. But like you said, it's really starting from the top. Like that's really where all the confusion is coming from. And they've been kind of like the train wreck of for this organization within the past years from winning that Super yeah. Bowl. But I won't cry about it. It's an NFC yeah, East team. Not, not our problem. Yeah, yeah <laughs> but I was saying Eagle Squad. They I won their Super too, Bowl. Too it's about. fine. Yep. That's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So a little bit of hate there. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> But um, last kind of team I kind of want to uh, finish up on, like I said, it was almost halfway, um, the halfway pick in the draft, but the number 15 pick with the Patriots. At mm. first, before kind of like the news about San Francisco start to swirl, them trading up, them looking at Mac Jones, they like him a lot. Don't really know why. But a lot of the people, a lot of people kind of mocked Mac Jones at 15 to New England. And even then, that was a little bit of a stretch for some people in some people's eyes. Um, so I feel like now New England's kind of in a weird spot. They did sign back Cam Newton for one year. They had a bunch of signings this this past uh this past offseason to where you know they just they basically spent some money. They got John U. Smith, um yeah. they they got Aguilar, Bourne, yeah. yep, you know, some guys on the defensive side of the ball. So spent a lot of money. Um and they should be getting some guys back that opted out last season that obviously especially on the defensive end that will obviously come back in and it should be immediately yeah. impacts. So they're kind of in a weird spot for me as well. That's why I kind of wanted to ask you, where do you think the Patriots are kind of going with this pick? Where do you think they, they have in mind? Um, and I guess, who do you think they will, you know, select? Yeah. So you, you brought it up with the whole Mac Jones thing. And it was funny when, when the, those first mock drafts were coming out and, you know, I just sort of the beginning process of, of, you know, learning who these prospects were, Mac Jones seemed to be like a perfect fit at the time. You know, it seems like mm-hmm. right around where he was going to, you know, where he seemed to deserve to be picked. Um, you know, not nearly three. I don't know where yeah. the, what the 49ers <laughs> are seeing. I get it. Maybe he's the one who can play immediately because he knows those mm-hmm. pro style systems very well. And mm-hmm. he's, he just has a very low. I feel like yeah. you've seen the best he can be, which isn't bad. He's a good quarterback, but mm-hmm. just you know, he doesn't have the upside of some of those other guys. But, you know, originally, before all this happened, because I think that's a big thing, too. If the 49ers don't take him, I don't know mm-hmm. another team that's that high on him. I really exactly. don't. I, I don't yeah. know any other team. That's why it, it's so puzzling to me why they felt the 49ers felt the need to move up that far to get him because you know, yeah. I thought he could, he could fall right there to him if they really wanted him. Big time, um, yeah. That, that's why I figured, okay, they're going to be going for Trey Lance or Justin Fields or or maybe Zach Wilson at the time mm-hmm. before they thought he was in the Jets. Yeah. So that's what's so puzzling to me. Uh, but to answer your question of who I think 
that they're going to take because I think mm-hmm. I think that you know they could go linebacker. You get a guy like who, who I've covered, Jeremiah Wusakoromoa with another yeah. name, uh, right about the place where he could be picked. He's very much like an Isaiah Simmons from from uh, yep. the Cardinals. Uh, very yep. much like the rover type guy who can sort of play a little safety, play a little linebacker, mm-hmm. rush the passer, that type of hybrid role. Um, yep. That I think that they could go. For. Uh, I also think you could see a guy like Devontae Smith falling to there. I think they need a wide receiver type weapon. Um, you know, you have guys like Edelman who have left the building. Um, they've made some offseason acquisitions on the offense. But I think if a guy like Devontae Smith falls there, mostly because of his weight and I think yep. his durability concerns that you have there, dude's 20 pounds less than me, and that's kind of scary. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it's you, you see that. But in regards, I mean, there's no denying his talent. It's just, mm-hmm. you know, you have those durability concerns. So, you know, you he's drafted to a guy like the Patriots or a team like the Patriots, and you don't have that immediate pressure to be the number one guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have some place, some wiggle room to sort of learn everything. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's one of those situations where he has some room to grow. So in regards to who I think you're going to pick, I – I don't, I, again, it, Bill Belichick always seems to keep things close to the chest, especially when it comes to drafting Big quarterbacks time. because he never drafts them in the first round. Yep. So that was my only hesitation before the hype that Mac Jones he never does. Yep. If anything, I'll probably take a Kyle Trask or a Kellen Mond later, like he did with Jimmy G and Jacoby Brissett yep. and all those other guys. So yep. I don't think he's going to go quarterback in the first round. If Mac somehow doesn't get taken at three, then maybe. But mm-hmm. other than that, I think you take a guy like the Cormo, Devontae Smith, in my opinion, I do think Devontae Smith is that guy is gonna fall. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna you know see that tumble where you're just like, well, yeah. raising Heisman winner, what's up? And it's just like when well, he has those durability concerns. Exactly. Yeah. It's been crazy kind of to watch it as well for him him to go as high in start as probably possibly, you know, five, six to now. Yeah, like, I remember at the beginning it was like, oh, he's better than Jamar Chase. Yeah, it's like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, yeah. there is some recency bias. This is a bias. Yep, that's yeah. what I was about to say. It's, it's what have you done for me lately? Like, and I think he's still a really talented, talented receiver. Like you said, the, yeah. the question now has been, you know, just weight issues. Just a little bit, man. Yeah, yeah, it and, and comes into a six, <laughs> six, uh, and that's what I, was, I think the NFL weight. I think he, he'll during the offseason at least, I think it's probably healthy. He can get a, he has a no good choice. Like, he, he has yeah, the, he doesn't. Yeah, he'll have a. <laughs> He can put on a healthy, what, 15, I, I would say. Um, I think if he could get to about maybe 180, 185, that could work. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. right now, I like, think like I saw him at 165. 160. I'm like, yeah, something yeah, that's like a that. feather. <laughs> Especially yeah, for a so, I think he's like, what, 6'2", 6'3"? Six six yeah, something yeah. like there. Somewhere 6'6", six, 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 either 6'1", six somewhere in there. So Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah, but like you just said, it wouldn't be any pressure on him if he did come in there because I think he's coming into a, a pretty good wide receiver room as well. Like, the names weren't flashy, but they're guys to – like, if Bill Solid Belichick guys. is kind of – yeah, I would say solid veteran guys, and if Bill Belichick is kind of handpicking them in a way, like you, you know that they, they're, you say it's a shaping up to be a really good wide receiver room, even tight end wise. Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith, it's a, like I said, great cast, great catch passing weapons that you can you know learn under, um, and learn from. So that would be a nice little situation for him, um, and like you said. I don't know. They're just the, the the Mac Jones stuff is just kind of really confusing. I re, re, I'm really excited and a little nervous and feel like I'm gonna be a little disgusted to see what happens on Thursday with him because it's, it's even on our network, uh, the Audubon network. A lot of people would say if I could, if he can go undrafted, I would pick that. 
So it's, I, I don't know why people, I don't know why people are so high on him. You know, they felt like, you know, if some, some people have been saying he's, like, he's one of the smartest. And, and that's the thing. Part of yeah. me, part of me does feel bad for him in a way because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, he was part of the great Alabama offense. Well, mm-hmm. he got the keys to the Cadillac and he didn't wreck yep. it. You know, he, exactly. he did probably <laughs> as well as he possibly could have done. So, yeah. you know, I don't, I, it's, it's hard to fault him because mm-hmm. he didn't mess it up. So, you know, I guess the, the question becomes, you know, it, the, the the big thing for me, it's, it's just the the ceiling versus the floor. You know, yep. you you know, guys like Fields and Lance and even Zach Wilson have ceilings that are astronomical. Mm-hmm. It's just a guy like a guy like Mac Jones. For me, his ceiling is a guy like Matt Ryan. No offense to Matt Ryan, but yep. you know, I I I think you know if if you're trading that much draft capital to get up to that position to you know maybe get a guy who can who has the chance to sit down and learn. Because you have Jimmy Garoppolo, then I don't know about. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very puzzling. But like you said, it, the key thing that you said is, and I wish you know my co-host Dad. He said it on one of our mock drafts was that you know he hasn't had to really deal with any adversity. Like he's been in a no, great quarterback yeah. room. He wasn't obviously the the number one guy. He, he stepped into a role in in a weird season where obviously not all the big power teams have been playing that much, playing that many games. Like it was just. Yeah kind of weirdly even though with the sec it didn't, it didn't really feel like anything had changed but no. he like you just said he was giving the keys to the cadillac he had a high-powered offense you know Najee harris Devontae smith jalen waddles for for most of this a good amount of the season yeah. um and a, and a great defense like, like you just said he, he did what he's supposed to do even though he did have an, an outstanding year obviously was in heisman conversations it's he hasn't what can he do on the nfl level he hasn't had to deal with adversity he hasn't had to deal with that like the type of edge rushers and defensive lines he's going to have to face. And even, especially if he goes to San Francisco, the defensive lines he's going to have to face in that NFC West now with, yeah. you know, with Carol, not Carolina, sorry, the Cardinals, JJ Watt. Um, he said Isaiah Simmons, they can move him around. Yeah. Um, forgot that the, the other end yeah. rush linebacker yeah, that they had. Oh, <laughs> yep. The Rams, Aaron Donald. Yep. Yeah. Floyd. <laughs> Even yep. the Seattle, even Seattle, they don't have really slacks over there either. They got Carlos Dunlap and a few other guys. So, yeah. you know, he's going to have to, and he's not mobile. So it's like, he, he's going to have to deal with one, some adversity, 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 sorry. Yeah. Also, he's going to have to deal with the, the speed and the, the bulk of NFL defensive lines. And he's, and say, even, even though he's smart, like they're trying to say, you still have to learn somewhat of a new system and, you have to, uh, like I said, you just have to face defenses that aren't Chandler Jones. Appreciate that. Someone uh, chiming in. I was about to say Chandler Jones. I was uh, just thinking of his name for uh, the Cardinals. But he's going to have to deal with, with things that he didn't have to deal with at Alabama. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether he falls there or goes somewhere else, you know, if he's an immediate play-in or if he lands behind a few guys. So definitely, definitely just kind of want to get that situated and out the way when, when that does happen, um, when we do – come upon draft night on Thursday. So, um, but real quick, the last thing I kind of want to, last thing I want to get to before we kind of end off the show with uh, something funny that I, you know, I, I saw, you know, that you did, of course, with the miles Garrett, I know you get, you used to get a lot of hate when something would happen. A lot of people would mistake you for, you know, miles Garrett, of the Cleveland Browns. Um, but before we end, I end off with that. I kind of wanted to ask you um, kind of any surprise picks, any surprise things that you may just ha- think happens on draft night at all it can be with you know roger goodell it could be with a, a pick that you may think someone someone that may go somewhere you didn't think just any kind of like 
predictions or breaking news that you think that you want to say right here, right now that you think happens on draft night that you kind of want to be like, all right, this is what I think is kind of like the first to say it. Yeah, I wish I did. This draft has seemed to be so unpredictable, especially at the top. You know, mm-hmm. a, few, a few months ago, I, you know, when Deshaun, before any of this Deshaun Watson stuff came out, I thought there mm-hmm. was going to be draft day drama when it came to him because yeah. I thought, you know, before all this happened, the Texans would have gotten a King's ransom for him. You know, if Matt Stafford got what he got with the uh, with the with the Lions and the Rams, then Deshaun Watson was about to you know change some change some team's draft capital really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that was the the Miami Dolphins, who I thought originally they were going to maybe pursue him and go after him and maybe trade Tua in that regard, uh, but mm-hmm. it appears for now that isn't the case. It looks like Deshaun Watson's going anywhere, and we don't really know. To mm-hmm. that was sort of my prediction before going into it that that would be the the draft day drama when it came to sean watson yeah um again unfortunately it doesn't appear that that's going to happen anymore but um as far as prospects a lot of people have been saying that you know like we were talking about it kyle trasper kellen mond is going to set the first round i just i mean again maybe maybe a team like tampa decides to get someone developmental behind brady uh, pick 32 because Tampa mm-hmm. really is picking for luxury at this point. They're not really for need. Uh, they yeah, seem to have every need filled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that could maybe be something, but I mean, yeah, they could probably get a guy like that in the second or third round. So yep. I just don't see it. There's been just a lot of hype, I guess, again, with these pro days, which I think they're just <laughs> throwing no pads, throwing against air, no pressure. You know, Zach Wilson goes across the body. Big he can do that with no pads. Yeah, so exactly. but re- regardless, as far as draft day drama, I don't really seem to think so. You know, the, I, I've been stumped in the past when it comes to what I think is going to happen. I think there's going to be all these trades and everything, this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. It never seems to happen. So yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll get surprised on this one. You know, like last year I was predicting, like, oh, this team will trade here to the fourth pick. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this team will trade to eight. And there were no trades at all. So, <laughs> you know, it, 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 uh, I've, I've seemed to have learned, again, maybe I'll get proven wrong with this draft, that mm-hmm. there seems to not be as much drama as people make it out to be. But yeah. who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I I would I think I I personally think all of the trades that have happened or will happen have already happened. And again, I may be surprised, but I think it was one to kind of be like a straightforward type draft. It may be like a little bit of a surprise and a little bit of like a eh, why they go with this guy here or there. But I don't know if there's going to be any big blockbuster type trades that are going to happen in this draft. But E Daniels, appreciate you for 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 tuning in. But he thinks Trey Lance is the Niners quarterback, which is really interesting. Which has it would make time sense to, to me. If yeah. I was if I was John Lynch, that'd be the guy I'm going with. The guy who yeah. can sit behind Jimmy G for some time. But yeah. uh, hey, apparently he knows something. Exactly. <laughs> and then he said Davis Mills uh, to Tampa Bay. So again, like I said, they they they've locked in everybody that they need to this offseason. Again, thanks to I guess Brady Magic. So. They, like you just said, it's a luxury Davis Mills. I can see that definitely for Tampa Bay. And he said, exactly. Makes way too much sense. And I would think so as well. Yeah. Maybe just maybe that Mac Jones stuff is just all smoke and whistles and noise. That's what I thought like, it was originally, but it just yeah. seems like it's gaining more traction than they actually yeah. think that. So, exactly. again, maybe they know something. Yeah, maybe they're just holding a strong poker face and they they, they really want to drive <laughs> in that point. I don't know. But like yeah. I said, I, I think Trey Lance or Justin Fields just makes most sense because I still think Justin Fields is quarterback two in this draft. I think the Jets are continuing going to continue to make a mistake. Um, And obviously drive Zach Wilson. You're drafting him and still have so many holes that you need to fill. He's going to come I, in I and will, do this. I will say if, 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 uh, if the 49ers do in fact take – 
Trey Lance or Justin Fields mm -hmm. number three, I will fire Terry Fontenot to the sun. <laughs> Big time. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I might have to revoke my Falcons fan card. I don't oh, think yeah. I can get behind that whatsoever. So. There's no way. <laughs> yeah, at all. And you Darren says, if you're going to take Mac Jones, you might as well keep Jimmy G, which I – yeah, I mean, I mean, the big knock on Jimmy is his durability. He's a yep. good quarterback when he's healthy. You he can't stay up. Exactly. Yep. So that's that's that. Um, but like I said, last thing I kind of just wanted to hit on, um, before we wrap up the show was, you know, just something f funny in my eyes. And if anyone hasn't saw or checked it out yet, definitely go follow follow Miles uh, Garrett on Twitter. This Miles Garrett, of course, the one and only. I'm pretty sure. I was, of course, I'll let you um plug in your your social media and everything at the end of the show. But just the the interesting fact, like I said, I. I I'm a new follower of yours, um, and I saw that you kind of did like a, um, what was it kind of like, like a spoof type of interview with Miles yeah. Garrett, uh, to where I would know, like you said, you you've gotten a lot of hate. You kind of wanted to address that with him and let him know, like you know, you don't feel too fondly of that. People kind of you know adding you instead of him. So kind of just just talk about that. Kind of when did when did it start? Where you know where has that come from? Do you still get mentioned from a lot of people thinking that you're the Miles Garrett of the Cleveland Browns, and um, kind of where did that inspiration for that uh, spoof interview come from? Yeah, so there's there's that's that's been a whole uh, escapade with, with us. So it's funny, me and him are the exact same age. Uh, he's like three months old. <laughs> um, so uh, it was funny. This all sort of started. I mean, when he started breaking onto the scene at Texas A&M, you know, I was seeing you know, all the tweets. I was like, oh, this guy's a star, like. Um, and, you know, I'd start getting tweets here or there. I'd be like, oh, great game today at College Station, Miles Garrett, like two sacks. I'd be like, eh. Because, again, I was in college. So I wasn't really, you know, doing yeah. anything. Um, then draft night when he was taken number one overall, that's when things sort of started. I, I got like, I remember I got like 150 followers that night. Um, mm -hmm. Because, again, oh, I wow. look very similar. I look very similar to him. <laughs> you know, we're, 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 it's hard to tell us apart. Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah we i got a bunch of new followers that night you know like oh like you can rock <laughs> that's that's the night when it kind of kicked off and then obviously it went to another level the night the mason Rood. that's when oh, it yeah. just blew up so that night uh you know i, I had a bunch of um ads and some dms i even dms on my instagram which I feel like it'd be a little bit yes. more obvious because again on twitter <laughs> I have mark, so like i yeah. Yes, it can be a little bit confusing. You know, he has mm -hmm. a blue check mark, I have a check mark. I can, I can see the confusion. Yeah. He, you know, I even have my station handle in my, my thing. Exactly, so yeah, like, WSB so, TV. Yeah, um, so again, I, I figured they would just spot for certainly not. But regardless, <laughs> so I, I had people just in the DM saying, oh, you should be in jail, suspended for life, no, no, no place for that in the NFL, all this kind of stuff. So I decided to have fun with it with a lot of people. Mm -hmm. No one even picked it up. Like, I would respond to something <laughs> and say, like, I'm sorry, like, I should be apologizing. Like, yeah, you should apologize. I'm like, <laughs> joke is just going right over your head. But, uh, yep. um, but yeah, I took a screenshot of it and posted, like, all, all the screenshots, and it went, like, viral. Like, it got, like, 40,000 uh, likes and, like, 40,000 retweets, all this stuff. Barstool yeah. picked it up. Frank Caliendo did a bit on it. It was funny. Yeah. Um, I got, I had, like, a, a one-minute bite on, on SportsCenter Snapchat, which is cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then after that, you know, it was cool because I got a lot of followers out of it and a lot of people who actually, because again, I'm in the sports TV business, mm -hmm. a lot of sort of it caught their attention in sports agent stations, all kind of stuff. So, yeah. uh, and a really cool thing for me. And then um, a little bit later, I had a coworker that took a, a picture of all the, you know, the hate stuff on Twitter or whatever, made a picture out of it for my birthday, which I thought was funny. So I posted it. <laughs> and uh, my, the Browns player, uh, 
responded to it and he said, sorry, bro. Um, so <laughs> oh yeah, I think I've yeah, seen that. Yeah, so I, I messaged him and I said, hey, like, yeah, all good, no worries. And if you happen to have a signed jersey, that'd be really cool. And he was like, yeah, just send me an address. Send me an address and he never sent me. So I'm so sorry about that. Um, but uh, so that's why I kind of make those, those funny videos. I, I made mm -hmm. like a fake 30 where uh, yeah. it's, it's been my but I made one one of those uh, last year. And uh, then the, like about a month ago, I made another saw the, the yep. fake interview. I just missed a bunch of videos together and tried to yep. <laughs> make a little skit out of it. But uh, yeah, that's been that whole escapade. I'm still, still waiting on that jersey for him. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, we're gonna have to, I'm gonna have to tag him and, and and let him know, like, yeah, we got we got to get you that jersey. I was Please like, I know, do. I know, it's been a, well, it's been a, at least what a year, year and a half, probably close to two. Yeah, it was. Uh, so that all went down, I think, like November 2019, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's been yeah, about a year and a half. Yeah, and uh, I say times, times are wasting, times are ticking. We need that, we yeah, need that Cleveland Browns jersey, Miles. Word, man, come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but uh. Definitely, definitely appreciate you making time today. This was a joy, was a, a great show, and appreciate you for say coming on, um, talking our Falcons, talking the NFL draft. You know, just in general, where you think guys will go, sharing your story, how you got into you know the sports world, being a sports reporter, and of course, you know, like I say, who's the real Miles Garrett? The story. So, definitely appreciate all the time and um, you know, everything that you know, helping that you put into you know coming on this show with me. And uh, definitely wanted to give you the chance to plug in your socials, you know, let everybody know where they can find you. Of course, I know pretty much on the news, um, being a sports reporter, but any uh, social media handlings or anything where people can find you and your sports takes. Absolutely. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks for letting me on the show. My, my Twitter is at Miles TV, two R's, two T's. And uh, yeah, uh, that, that's pretty much the only one. Instagram, uh, Miles M. Garrett. Give me a follow. I try to post rather consistent. So yeah, it's pretty much all my social media handles i certainly appreciate the plug <laughs> yes sir definitely definitely and uh edam said he followed saw you followed me as well awesome. so definitely gonna give you a follow back uh once uh, we head off of this show gotcha. um but definitely uh again a, a, a great show definitely appreciate you coming on we'll be talking of course around draft time whenever that fourth pick comes in i will probably mention you dm you whatever the case may be and hopefully Absolutely. we're both happy falcons fans at that point when that when oh, that pick so is announced. team kyle yeah. pitts uh, yeah, team Kyle Pitts, yes, sir, or trade back and, and get us a nice little corner and some exactly. accumulate the picks for next for uh this year and next year, exactly. Um, but everyone already knows where to find me, of course. Twitter, WTG, MTM Podcast, Facebook, and what Facebook and Instagram, what the game means to me as well. Thank you to Off the Ball Network and everybody over there for providing us a platform to to talk and speak. Real quick before we do head off, though, um, as you see, my logo is still Manscaped. We are still being sponsored by Manscaped, and if you haven't already um supported us definitely go to manscape.com and get 20 for 20 off and free shipping if you use the code otbn so definitely give your ball some love show some support to off the ball network and go over there and uh get you some manscape uh equipment um but that does it for the episode of what the game means to me today thank you to miles garrett for coming out being on the show um and that's so that wraps it up we'll see you guys next time everyone have a good one